1 and 2. I'll read those. It says, God who at sundry times and divers manners, speaking of the fathers by the prophets, hath in his last days spoken us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Being the brightness of his glory and express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he by himself purged our sins, set down the right hand of the majesty on high. We've read many of those other verses. We'll stop there. We want to continue. We mentioned last week about Christ being the Messiah, and that he, the word of Messiah means anointed. He was anointed, uh, uh, there was four anointings. They anointed the priests, they anointed the, the prophets, kings, and captains of the armies. We looked at prophets And we briefly mentioned the priests last week. So I want to continue a little more on this matter of the priests. first mention of the priest, I believe, is back in Genesis 14 and 18. But here in Hebrews chapter 10, it says here, who being the brightness, verse 3, of his glory and express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And there is priest in heaven, he, he intercedes. And he does what the priest does. The priest offered sacrifices in the Old Testament, which satisfied the law, but it did not make those presenting the sacrifices perfect. And that's what I just read or we'll read in chapter 10 of Hebrews, verses 1 through 3. It says, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never, with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually, make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? Because if the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. Right. And that was the purpose of them. That was the purpose. And those sacrifices were a, were a, a foreshadowing of what Christ would do when he would come and shed his blood 
in First John chapter one. verses 8 and 9. It says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the, the fact that these people, and the, 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 those there in the Old Testament times, when they bring the sacrifice, it was to remind them that they did have sin. You know, so we're so prone uh, in our thinking, you know that we might know that we we do sin, but we 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 don't think we sin as much as we do. So in a sense, we uh, many times we think we don't sin. Also, in if you'll turn notice in Psalm fifty one. Verse 1 says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. This is the, the, the chapter of the psalm that deals with David and his confession of his sin with Bathsheba. It says in verse 2, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. So the priest stood in that office. That he was he was a a type of Christ. Right. So again, Hebrews 10, 14 says, For by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. Mm -hmm. Now let me, let me kind of digress for a moment. The first mention of the word priest, where the, first, where the word is first mentioned in Scripture, is in Genesis 14. This is the chapter deals with uh, Abraham rescuing Lot uh, from these kings that had all these fights and these wars, and, and they took uh, uh, Lot captured, uh, and Abraham had went and rescued him. But in verse uh, chapter fourteen and verse. Uh, let's read from verse fourteen and fourteen. When Abraham Abram heard that his brother was taken captive. He armed his trained servants and born in his own house, 318, and pursued them into Dan. 
he divided himself again against them, he and his servants, by night, smote them and pursued them into Hobach, which is one of the, on the left of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods and also brought again the brother Lot, his brother Lot, and his goods, and the women also, and the people. And the king of Sodom went up to meet, out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Chedorlaomer. And the kings that were with him, the valley of Sheba, which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. So there's the first time that's ever mentioned the word priest. We have a, a striking individual mentioned by the name of Melchizedek, or Melchizedek, however you want to pronounce it. <clears throat> A.W. Pink has something worthy to note concerning Melchizedek. As much has been said and written about him. And it's amazing how men who are uh, supposed to be scholars of the word or, or preachers and you know, take a, a, a person of the scriptures and uh, historians especially, and they'll say all kinds of things about that individual that aren't true. And Arthur Pink says here there's a lot of been said concerning Melchizedek. Some have thought he was Shem, who was a contemporary of Abram's for a hundred years. But this cannot be, for we are distinctly informed concerning Melchizedek that he was without father, without mother. That's in Hebrews 7 and 3. Which, as we shall see, means that Scripture is absolutely silent concerning his genealogy. That's what it's talking about. When it says without father or without mother. This then disposes of the Shem theory. For we do know who his father was, don't we? <laughs> Others have concluded that he was Christ himself. But this... Supposition is equally unscriptural, for we are told that Melchizedek is made like unto the Son of God, and that Christ is priesthood after the similitude of Melchizedek. There in Hebrews seven three and verse fifteen. So he's not the Son of God either, which could not be said if Melchizedek were Christ himself. Still others have supposed that he was some mysterious celestial being that is emphatically neg ne neg uh, rendered negative by Hebrews 7 and 4 where it says Melchizedek is expressly called a man. So he's not somebody from outer space. <laughs> you get these weird uh, thoughts of people who are supposed to be here storing about some things. So I thought that was interesting. So we learn then from Hebrews 7 and 3, again, to without fear, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like in the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. 
So Melchizedek was a type of Christ, was what he was. Now in Hebrews or uh, Psalm 110 in verses 1 through 4 Psalm 110 verses 1 and 4 I'll read 1 through 4 but it's 1 and 4 that one said the Lord said unto my Lord sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion, rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power, in the beauty of holiness from the womb of the morning thou shalt hast the dew of thy youth. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So that, those verses there in Psalm 110 show us how the type of Christ or how the type cannot equal the person. The type never uh, equals the person, especially when it has to do with Christ. Amen. He says, The Lord said unto my Lord, that is the Lord the Father, said unto the Lord the Son. Now this oath there that he setting forth there in Psalm 110, the Father said to the Son, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And so the Old Testament priests offered sacrifices for their own sins and for others. And these sacrifices were to have no blemish. We, we know all about those in, in Leviticus and uh, where it deals with all these uh, these sacrifices that the priest would offer. It couldn't have a blemish. These sacrifices had to be offered often. But Christ was without sin, my friend. He was without sin. And he offered himself once. How much better was he than the Old Testament priest? Mm says concerning so let's move on Hebrews 7 1 2 let's look at this matter of king we could we can say a whole lot more concerning the priest but 
we're, we're showing Christ as prophet, priest, and king. Hebrews 7, 1 again, for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the whole, most high God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. King of righteousness and king of peace. I can say this without any fear of argument or opposition that Jesus Christ was the only king who ever sat who was absolutely righteous. David was a tremendous king. Solomon was a wonderful king. They certainly weren't righteous, were they? We read about both of them and where they failed the Lord openly and brought shame upon his name. I have done that. God's people have done that. But we have a Savior who has redeemed us, called us by His grace, quickened us, made us alive. And we worship that King. And we are obedient to Him. Christ was innocent. Now he stood before kings in his day. And they all accused him. But he was innocent. You remember one of those men who were with Christ on the cross. Look with me in Luke chapter 23 and verse 41. Let me read a few more verses of that, but let me see here. chapter deals with the, the, the trial of Christ where Pilate he's sitting, standing before Pilate people were railing against Christ there in the 34th verse and uh, it says in verse 33 that when they were come to the place which is called Calvary the place which is called come to the place which is called Calvary there they crucified him and the male factors the one on the right hand and the other on the left and said Jesus Father forgive them for they know what they do 
The parties for Raymond cast lots, and people stood before him. The rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself. He be Christ, the Son of the Chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. The superscription also was written over him in letters Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. One of the malefactors who was hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. He said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Here was a, a, a criminal who recognized Jesus as king. He says, when you come into your kingdom, how many times have God's people failed to recognize him as king in our lives? I'm ashamed. I have to admit I'm guilty. So often because I want to be king of my life. I want to have the ultimate say so. I want to make the decree what's going on in my life. Mm. You see. Yeah. And he says, Well now comest into thy kingdom. Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Verse 41, We, we indeed justly, this one of the malefactors said, For we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing amiss. That's why he's called king of righteousness and also king of peace. Somewhere I've got the verse, the chapter in Hebrews, it speaks about him being king of Salem. Salem is, by all accounts, known to be Jerusalem. And we know that Christ one day will sit in Jerusalem on the, on the throne and reign in the new Jerusalem. Well, I'm going to close there. That's, that's the best I can do. May God bless his word.